Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. On the tee, different location for me and Stephen today as we are at an American Family Field. So we figured why not get some baseball perspective on the wonderful game that we love in golf. So we welcome in. The television voice of your Milwaukee Brewers, Brian Anderson. Ooh. BA, thank you so much for the time. I don't know. He's, got, he's a golf voice, too. As soon as you said on the tee, I got him instantly nervous, started to panic. <laughs> Cold sweats. You, you get a little nervous on that opening tee shot? It's just like you saying on the tee. <laughs> That's what made me nervous. I don't get nervous on the first tee. It's just you saying it made me nervous, um, especially the way I've been playing lately. Well, so are, are you a guy that, that warms up before? Or you get to the first <laughs> tee box, you're coming I in should, hot. I should. We call it, uh, well... The word we use is stretch and strap, like, you know, let's get strap it on, but uh, stretch and go is probably a better way to put it. But, yeah, I, I'm a definitely show-and-go player, but I probably should start as now I've crossed over the 50s threshold. I should warm up a little bit, maybe hit a couple of wedges before I go to the first tee and not try to fake it for the first five holes. So I would advise everybody warm up a little bit. And drinking a bunch of beer is not considered a warm-up. B.A., what's your swing thought? That's what I need to get. I need to get a swing thought here. Uh, I need to get something in my head that is not panic-ridden. <laughs> uh, but, okay. Like, okay. Is, it, is it really that bad right now? You're, right making, now you're making I, it seem right. like Steven's it's... Steven's seen it up close. Okay. I'm a little bit of a mess. He, I don't like my attitude right now on the golf course. <laughs> That's one thing. You've said it. I don't <laughs> like my attitude at all. I've turned into a very poopy pants golfer right now. No, you're hard on yourself. I got to be... Like, I was a pretty much a scratch player when I left Golf Channel, and I came to Milwaukee and maintained that for a couple of years. Then I didn't play as much, and, you know, and then I probably surfaced to about a five. And then, actually, uh, earlier this spring, I got my index back down to a 1.8, which, you know, I, I, I want to play good golf. Once yeah. you kind of once you once know you what kiss good that golf ring, is. man, you're like, yeah, I, want a, I want a piece of that. <laughs> but now I'm probably playing at about an about a eight. 10 handicap right now so well it'll come around it's cyclical it is amazing how this game does that to you though oh that's you, why it's you, the greatest game you, you get that addiction you get that little taste that always brings you back yes and then not being able to self-correct that's the other thing you know to be able to know why a certain shot goes a certain way and then to be able to do that that's kind of where i'm at in my in my career i definitely need to move up a tee that's another piece of advice that i give everybody and have not taken myself now that I've crossed over the threshold. Well, you're a long hitter. I've played with Only you. Only when I square it, but if, you know, I can't. I can't. If, hit, I, if I don't have to hit it so far, then I'm, I'm not I'm standing in, so in between trouble. two guys that, that <laughs> put, put real you, you, can build, you can build American family field between our our. That's uh, not true. That's not true. Steven's a good player. Oh, Steven's a really good player. He likes to talk you. himself down. He, you know what he did to me a couple weeks ago, B.A.? We're we're this, doing this the show. We're fun. we're doing the show, and we we ended up having Jerry Kelly right off the top of the show. Yeah. So it was kind of hectic because like Jerry was calling us, and he called a little early. Told us to call him back. Yo, you guys have our number. We didn't have his number, so we're <laughs> trying to scramble to find his number. So beginning of the show was a little hectic. Halfway through the show, he goes, "Oh, guess what I did yesterday? 
What'd you do, Steven? I shot one under par. Yeah. What, what are you I've waiting to that. tell me? Yeah, he buried that, the lead. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the part of the it's story. He's a very humble, good golfer. Oh, yeah. Here, here's the, the part of the story I didn't tell you. The day before, I played golf with Brian Anderson yeah. Yeah. at Aaron Hills, and I swiped under the ball on two separate holes three times. Yeah, that was impressive. At I'm not Hills sure you could actually do that on purpose. <laughs> if you tried I, to do it, the ball didn't move. Three, three straight times. times on back-to-back <laughs> holes, and that's that's the addiction, right? Yeah, he like, had a, but he had a, he was playing with his new boss. He had a lot going on that day. He was he was in full Stephen Watson TV guy mode. Sure, where he was like bada bing, bada boom. He had the good dress going. He looked very good. He well, was he properly really quaffed good. and tanned. And then you know we had the boss out there, and I think it, I think that got to him. So I'm glad he redeemed himself the next day. I mean, I always try to look good, look good, play good. That, that's that's right. the mentality. Very matchy. He's a very matchy guy. Where did your love of the game begin? It didn't start till I hated the game. I hated it. Really? I hated golf. Uh, when I grew up, I grew up in Texas, and my older stepbrother was this incredibly talented golfer, like PGA Tour level talent. Coming up, he and Wes Short were, uh, who, who's played forever on the PGA Tour. Those were kind of the two guys that dominated uh, Texas at this time. Unfortunately for him, you know, he 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 got a little bit derailed and he couldn't quite go over to the next level. But growing up, he was a big golfer and he made it look so easy. And he was a little guy and he hit it a long way. Uh, so I never played golf. I went out one time when I was 12 years old. I played with him, saw how easy it was for him, how hard it was for me, and I hated it. And I didn't play again until I was 20. And um, I can remember just thinking, you know, back in those days, if you played baseball like I did, I was a college baseball player. And for some stupid reason, they used to say the, the baseball swing can't work with a golf swing, even though it totally can, absolutely can. It's a totally different skill set. Um, so, you know, it was always like, don't play golf. You can't play golf. Well, by the time I was 20, 21 years old, my – Playing career was, you know, I knew it wasn't going to go past college, so I wanted to have a, a hobby and started playing with some people around town. I was a terrible. I shot in the hundreds every time. Um, but then when I started into the workforce, I worked at a golf course uh, because I wanted to get better. I was a minor league broadcaster, and so in order to make ends meet, I worked at Golf Hyatt in San Antonio, and I ran corporate tournaments, and I uh, was a marshal, and I worked at cart services, you know, washing carts and Caddied some, did a bunch of forecadding, all that stuff. Um, folded shirts and made tea times. So then, uh, and some of my best friends from uh, that group are still my closest friends today. But that's probably when it started 20, 21, 22 years old. And then working in the golf industry, when the Golf Channel had this job opening, Tony Tortorisi, the same guy he just played with the other day, who's now the boss at at Bally Sports uh, Wisconsin, he was the executive at Golf Channel. And one of the reasons he hired me was because I had worked in the golf business, which to me it was just an hourly wage job to make ends meet. It kind of put me over. He hired me to be a golf commentator, which I had done a little bit but not a lot. And, man, when I started working at Golf Channel, I just totally went to the next level with the game. Just I, I really loved, like, the design of golf courses and all the history of architecture. Um, my game, I went from a 15 to a scratch player, uh, working with guys like Kurt Byram and Jerry Fultz and Kay Cockrell. Those were all my partners. Michael Breed was our on-course announcer, who became a very famous golf teacher, yeah. still is. 
so he was this is before he became a teaching pro so you know those air those years were like very formative and when i came out of golf channel and left golf channel to come to the brewers i was fully invested in the game in a way that most people aren't because i got to televise 30 golf tournaments a year what is uh over your course of the number of golf tournaments that you have called including the match most recently what is yeah. your favorite golf event that you have oh, been on the call for wow it would have to be one of the pgas and i would probably say the pga championship in 18 at bell reeve just because tiger this is you know he won the masters in 19 this was like on his comeback prior to the car accident we saw the rise of tiger again and i got a chance to call all of that um, if you go to YouTube right now and do PGA 2018, you can watch all the highlights. That's all me and Billy Kratzer calling every shot Tiger had for four days. Uh, we did feature groups. I was on TNT, the national broadcast, in the afternoon. We would do the feature groups in the morning. Um, but all the majors, just, you know, working with Trevor Immelman and all the CBS crew, and um, those were really cool. I did five of them, and they were all great. You know, we saw one of my closest friends won a PGA with me on the call, Jimmy Walker. Wow. So I had covered him on the Nationwide Tour, and then he won at Baltus Roll. And so that was a pretty special moment. But for like a like an event, a tournament, Tigers returned to Belle Reve with 25,000 people surrounding the 18th hole. That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. You're, you're talking to two of the biggest Tiger fans out there. Yeah. We remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very, very vividly. Cool. Um, what's, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Uh, so I had sent Steven a text a couple of weeks ago, and I got really excited because this year I have the raw face wedges, and they're starting to be a little rust that <laughs> okay, kind of gets yeah. up on that. Um, and I got really excited. I texted Steven about it. So what's, like, the nerdiest golf thing that you can think about you and, and either a piece of equipment you have yeah. or, or, or what's the, the little golf nerd thing that, yeah, that, I, that kind of really sticks out you to know, you? You know, the thing that matters most to me is the rangefinder. <laughs> like, I spend more time looking for rangefinders, looking for deals on rangefinders, <laughs> replacing rangefinders. Golf clubs to me, I'm a Titleist guy through and through, so I don't know who you're sponsored by, if that offends anybody edited nope, out. Nope, we're good. I, if you, if, if am, you want to get them on board as a sponsor, feel I, free. I am all Titleist. <laughs> we'll uh, I, I just love their product. They were big sponsors when I was at Golf Channel. and just I just I So so I've always played Titleist. I'm a Scotty Cameron fan. Um, so for equipment-wise, I just, you know, I'm – I'm not specific that way. There's not things that I've kept for years and years and years. I'll turn clubs over every three or four years uh, just because I like new, new technology. So I'm, I'm nerdy on the new technology. I'm big-time nerdy on the rangefinder and the simulators right now. I almost bought a simulator, which would have been the worst idea for an individual. My club has a simulator, the Legend Clubs at Bristlecone, and I'm in there all the time. And I, I just, man, I love going to the simulator, hitting a bunch of balls, taking a couple hours, uh, seeing all the data that comes out yeah, of it. Yeah, getting the I'm feedback totally of the data. Into, oh, I'm man. totally into that. Almost enjoy that more than actually playing the game of golf. Uh, but So I would say those are my two areas where I kind of nerd out is, is the technology side. I like to walk, so I'm not into the carts and the Bluetooth in the carts and all the things, the, the, you know, the graphics on the carts. I like to walk. So I went to the push cart 
I'm I'm back caring now because I just couldn't quite cross to the push cart well, level. Uh, when you use the push cart, I feel like it's if, working if I come harder. Up, yeah, I'm yeah, working harder. Yeah, so I true, just yeah, true. I just strap it on and you yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah, I'm a double strap on the back, and so I do I do love to walk. I really like when Dom Catronio carries my bag most. <laughs> uh, our esteemed stats man, who's also a caddy at Aaron Hills. Very good caddy. Yes. Very good caddy. How long have you been in Wisconsin now? Fifteen years. Yeah, my sixteenth year of the Brewers. I got here in in January of '07. I, I plan on asking Brandon Woodruff this after mm-hmm. you know coming up here shortly. But Brandon Woodruff's on after me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you're killing the whole show now. It's it's a long tease. BA. Wow, bearing the whole thing. <laughs> um, did you have any idea how good the golf was in this state? No when idea. You moved to Wisconsin. No, I don't know what Brandon will say, but I, I that was the biggest shock of my life. And I was a pretty golf, you know, pretty, pretty uh, much of a golf aficionado. I've been, I've been all over the country. I've been to Canada. I've been down to, uh, you know, down in New Mexico and down to the Bahamas. I'd called all kind of golf in all kind of places, but I never knew. I'd never been to Milwaukee. Never been to Wisconsin. Um, and I was shocked how great the golf was here. All the clubs. Um, there's just uh, the bluegrass. First of all, the agronomy is second to none. Uh, but just to be a part of this golf community and um, to see how great the golf courses are. I remember, I started at Brown Deer, and then we went to the Straits. And then uh, right about the time I moved in my house, with, uh, Aaron Hills started going. I got to know Mr. Lang pretty well, Bob Lang. So he and I would have these conversations about his golf course saying he could host a major. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> are you kidding? So I actually went out there, played the original – Aaron Hills, when it first opened, and Kent Instafjord was the head pro, and, and I was like, yes, you, you, this could be a major championship venue. I see it. Um, so, you know, my club is great, too. The Legend Clubs, it's just phenomenal. I love Bristlecone. Uh, Merrill Hills is one of my favorite in our little group of golf courses. So, man, I could just go on and on, like every course I play. And then I talk to Steven, and uh, he says, hey, have you played this? And I say, no, and he goes, it's a new gym, and so I love Oconomowoc Country Club. If you've ever been there, it's a Donald Ross gym yeah. and uh, out in Lake Country. So it's always a shock when I find these new courses and we go play and just um, amazing golf in this community. Yeah, we're spoiled here. Yeah, certainly our BA. We always appreciate the time, and uh, can't wait to have you on again and continue yeah, to talk anytime. about this great game. We'll talk golf anytime with you guys. All right. Excellent. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right, see you, buddy. Brian Anderson joining us here from American Family Field. As Stephen said, Brandon Woodruff coming up next on the team. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. It is On the Tee, Gabe Neitzel, Stephen Watson hanging out at American Family Field today. We're both a little busy, got a little Brewers work we got to take care of. So we thought, why not bring on another Brewers guest and make it it's all a part of the drive. It's all about the drive, courtesy of our friends at Ewald Automotive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. That's right. It is all about the drive. 
while you usually hear him pitching, let's go ahead and send it down to the clubhouse where Stephen Watson is standing by with Brandon Woodruff. All right, we continue at American Family Field. You see him on the mound every fifth day, but you should see him on the golf course because Brandon Woodruff is quite a stick (laughs) from what I have heard. Uh, Woody, when did your love for the game of golf begin? Um, Honestly, never picked up a golf club until as a kid. I mean, like I would swing a little bit in the backyard. And the the weird thing is I so I I play golf right-handed. I hit baseball left-handed. So uh, as a kid, all I had was a um, right-handed club. But I never I never played golf officially for the first time until I was probably ninth or tenth grade. And uh, and I think I might have played a round or two. And you know, it was horrible. Didn't have right clubs. And then there was a time in uh, my junior year of high school, we got put out of the playoffs early in basketball. And the golf there was a golf tournament like that very next week. So. I would say really my first time playing was like junior year of high school. And then once I got to college and we had a lot of free time during fall ball and stuff, uh, that's when I really started picking it up and, and playing a lot with my buddies. And um, then it kind of just bled over into, into pro ball. And now in the off season and during the season, um, I like to play a lot. Give us an idea of what your schedule is like playing golf in season. Are, are you able to get yeah. out much? Do you take your clubs on the road with you for certain road trips? Um, it's so at home. I don't get, typically get to play that much um, with our. Uh, we got a two-year-old little baby girl, and um, our she'll, she's about to be two, but she takes up most of our time, me and my wife's time uh, at home, and I'd rather be spending you know a lot of time with her. But on the road is typically when. Uh, you take your clubs and and I'll take them just in case. Sometimes I don't play, but I'll, I'll take them on the plane with me. And if I and if I have somewhere set up, or if I you know if I'm not pitching in a, uh, a series on the road, I might get up one morning and go play before we have to go to the field. But yeah, usually on the road is the, is the best time. All right, what's your favorite course you played on the road? Uh, I would say Olympic Club. I played that one um, in San Francisco. I played uh, what was another good one. I've played some good ones. I've played in Cincinnati. Uh, there's a, I don't know, a cold stream might be the course in Cincinnati. Uh, it's a country club. Very, very, very nice place. Um, trying to hit up some more more spots as we as we uh, go around. There's, I mean, every city has some beautiful golf courses. So, uh, but I would say um, that's that's just a couple to name name a few. Who do you usually like to get out with from from the team? Um. I know Jim Henderson, our bullpen coach, plays a lot. Um, I haven't even played. I played with Brent Suter once on the road, and that was in Cincinnati just because I stayed at his house. But um, honestly, anybody who wants to go play. Uh, Corbin plays a lot. He's really good. Yeah, he's a stick, I Yeah, no, he's he's really, really good. I think he pl- played a lot growing up. And um, used to I used to play with uh, Mike Moustakas a lot when he was here, Travis Shaw when he was here. Um but honestly, just just anybody who wants to go play. I, I mean, I, it's it's such an escape from baseball and the everyday uh, stuff. You know, we, we go through at the field, and sometimes it's nice just to get out and change it up a little bit and uh, use that as an escape. All right, so you're going to build your perfect foursome for us on the Brewers. It could be coaching staff. It could be players. Okay. What's your perfect foursome with this team? Okay. I'm going to – not on the team, but I'm going to put Euchre in there. He's going to be one. He's going to provide the entertainment. Um, 
Let's see. Suitors are a great time to play with. Always um, an enter- That's an entertaining all, all group entertaining. so far. Love it. And you know what? I put. Um, I haven't played with Corbin yet, so put Corbin in there myself. So I think that'd be a pretty fun four. I would watch that match play style. I mean, would you rather play with Euchre or Suter? I, I don't think you and Corbin you know could go up against them, but I, that would be a fun match I think play. If, if you put me with with uh, Euchre, I think he can he can get in the other team's head enough with his jokes and everything. So I think we could we could get in their in their heads just enough just to, to edge them out a little bit. I love it. When you uh, signed with the Brewers, yeah. did you have any idea how good the golf was in this state? Zero idea. Um, my first year of pro ball in 15 was my first full season, and uh, we were down in Brevard County in Florida, and we had a hookup at a golf course, and I would go play there all the time. I think that's when I really started playing a lot, a lot, was was, was during that year. Um, and then in Double A and Biloxi, there's some good courses down there on the coast. Um, played a lot down there, and then Triple A in Colorado Springs. Didn't really play that much there, but uh, once I got here and once I got, you know, kind of established in Milwaukee, and there's the ball. That's the reason why we moved. Um, we almost just got hit by a ball, but yeah, continue. Yeah, and so when I got here and started learning about all the courses, and and I didn't, and they're just kind of like all in the same area and it's just beautiful Aaron Hills I forgot to mention that's another good one I've played uh, probably one of my favorite um, we're big fans of Aaron on this show yeah Aaron Hills is, is, is the, the walk is is tough but it's like it's beautiful so fun um, but yeah I didn't realize how, how the, even like the the public horses around here are super nice so uh, the weather in the summertime is great it's not that hot it's not that humid which is you know kind of what I'm used to back home in Mississippi but um, yeah it's it, the golfing here is, is unbelievable alright one final question for you your favorite club in your bag your least favorite club in your bag oh gosh man my favorite club I'm probably gonna go probably gonna go well, can I can I name two two clubs? Okay. I like to hit two shots. Okay, let's hear them. So, fifty-two degree. I like about that one fifteen to one twenty knockdown wedge shot. It's probably one of my favorite shots. And then um, I love an eight iron. That's kind of it's it's one of those yardages for me where I can pull out an eight iron and have to play it into the wind and knock it down. I love little knockdown shots. I love the the visual of playing something low end and having it take one hop skip and stop that's kind of that's kind of my favorite shot and those are two of the clubs that i like to, to hit those shots with uh depending on the yardage but worst club right now i love i love to hit it but it's just killing me as my driver and if if i can if i can straighten it out and just hit at least half the fairways it's going to cha- completely change the score of my uh, of my game so I love hitting driver, but it's been uh, not not right now. I'm kind of losing it off the tee a little bit, but um, yeah, that's that's some of the clubs I like to hit and, and and not hit. That's that's why I think you'd be a perfect match play partner with Euchre. <laughs> Just have Euchre put it out there. Doesn't need to be long because nope. you got you got to be pretty long with your irons too. You guys make a good match. Yeah, we make a perfect match, and then um, yeah, I can I can put a little bit. So you know what? I think we'd we'd team up pretty good. Love it, Brandon Woodruff. Thank you so much for the time. Good luck on the mound. Most importantly, hit them straight. That's right. Thank you very much.
Always appreciate hearing the insight from, you know, a, a different sports in an athlete that plays golf because there's so many of them out there. So uh, awesome stuff there from Stephen talking with Brewers pitcher Brandon Woodruff. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Steve and I are going to talk, unfortunately, a little bit about Liv and all the things happening around there. Plus, celebrate Tony Finau. And he's come from behind victory yesterday. It's all coming up next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. drive on location we don't get to do this very often and this is a completely different on location usually when we're out when we're about we're at some place like a golf course makes sense that's what we talk about but we were at american family field uh, i'm going to be on brewers extra innings later tonight um on wtmj of course steven you've got your responsibilities with valley sports wisconsin so we figured why not take the show on the road you got to talk to woody earlier yeah so uh you know get some baseball players and broadcasters perspective about the world of golf it's fun because you find this with a lot of these athletes the last thing they want to talk about is their own sport but you find something that they're passionate, a hobby, in addition to that, like golf, like so many of us. I mean, I think Woody would have talked all day if, if I wouldn't have ended the interview because he's just that passionate about the game. And he's that passionate because it's that slow addiction. Like he started as a college guy, kind of started playing then. Now the guy just eats it up. I mean, any chance he can get on the course every time I've talked to him. I, I just talked to him about golf now, too. We, i got to find a way to get Corbin on the show, though, because I have heard that guy is a plus. I've heard he can bomb it. Yeah. I've heard that Corbin is really long. I want to and yeah, I, I want to see that. I like if the Brewers have an outing, something like I just want to see Corbin Burns start launching balls into the stratosphere. I want to see like what his mentality is like because he's so serious on the mound. I want to see what he's like as a golfer because – you know, when, when Woody was talking about the other guys, like getting a guy like Brent Suter, I've had the pleasure of playing golf with Brent Suter before. He's exactly what you would think he would be like on the golf course. He's entertaining. <laughs> He's fast. I mean, he literally drops his ball in the tee and goes. Like, there's no warm-up swings, Wait, nothing. You like, played with Homer. Who's yes. faster? Is Homer faster or is Brent Suter faster? And it must be a left-handed thing. Uh, Homer is faster between shots. Brent is faster on approach to a Like, actually sitting up. Getting ready for a shot, hitting the ball. Okay, it's, I, I would. I think if we put a stopwatch on it, Brent would win that. Homer, I mean, that guy will just cruise. <laughs> he is like head down, next shot. I don't care where everybody else is on the course. Um, both enjoyable to play golf with, I will say. Well, somebody else who can bomb it, and I'm assuming would be enjoyable to play golf with. Seems like he's gotten a, a good reputation playing in some of the team events. Coming from behind yesterday, yeah. five-plus strokes down. And then he wins going away. He wins by three-plus strokes uh, at, at the 3M up in Minneapolis. It's Tony Finau, who I still don't know what to think of Tony in terms of when it comes to majors. You know, his, his best opportunity was probably 2019. Uh, when Tiger eventually won the Masters, and he was in that final group with Tiger yeah. and, and Francesco Molinari, and, and he had—I mean, he was in it for most of the day until he rinsed, much like Francesco did, his tee shot into the uh, into Ray's Creek. 
on the 12th at Augusta. But he gets a, a, a nice win yesterday, and he continues to build momentum. He's gone from Ryder Cup to President's Cup to Ryder Cup. He'll be on the President's Cup team again this year. Yeah, and he's been a captain's pick for all of those. So it just shows the type of teammate he is. Yeah. And, and who, why, who wouldn't want to play with yeah, a guy? He's like an all-time good guy. Yeah, and, well, and... The game is really well. He was one of the few bright spots for Team USA in the Ryder Cup four years ago, five years ago yeah. now, whenever, whenever, in 2019. I guess that's lost. only three years ago when they lost um, over in Europe. He was one of the lone bright spots. And it's just nice to see one of the guys who's been touted on those teams, one of those guys that despite this only being his third win, is to me one of the PGA Tour superstars. And even though it was a weaker field, with a live event coming up this week, it's nice to see Tony Finau go out there and get that win. They can't all be Rory McIlroy on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau is a perfect PGA Tour player. He's a guy who has grinded it out for years and years and years. He has great ties to the state of Wisconsin, once holding the, or still does, at Fire Ridge, the course record. Yeah, so Ridge. he fired the course record. It's 63 or 64, Okay, and he shot it. At the Monday qualifier to get into the then U.S. Bank Championship at Brown Deer Park Golf Course, the old GMO was the U.S. Bank Championship at the end, and he did it as an eight, I believe he was 18 years old. Yeah. It was shortly after he had turned pro, and he made the cut at, at the U.S. Bank Championship. He went over the pond on hole 16, apparently all four days that he played the U.S. Bank Championship. Yeah, and he, he's the type of guy that has earned his spot on the PGA Tour and earned his success in every single way. I mean, this was a guy who spent seven-plus years kind of grinding it out on various tours before eventually getting the Corn Ferry. And now you look at his career winnings. I mean, he's a top-ten machine. <laughs> he, he has not won many events. He's only won three. But he, in a span of his second and third wins, he had eight top uh, second-place finishes. Yeah. I mean, he's been knocking on the door in a lot of big events. Um, I, I still think he would have won the Masters if he didn't roll his ankle that one year. You know, <laughs> He still finished. Like He got off to such a slow start that yeah. year, and he that played was... lights out the final three rounds once he somehow figured out how to play golf and walk around Augusta National with a dislocated ankle. That was a tough, that was a tough video. That, that's like etched into my nightmares. Is no, you're never going to forget that. Uh, but, but, he, but he did it with a smile on his face. You know, well, he's just like one of those well, guys. He made a wanna... hole-in-one, and then he... The, the part about the video is you're like, I think this just happened, and then he confirms it by just uh, popping yeah. it back in. Yee. Gosh. But, yeah, he is one of the great good guys out there, and he, he's an enjoyable player to watch. The putting is kind of what's held him back. Yeah. But this is a guy who was on, I, I don't know how many people out there remember, the big break. The Golf Channel series, like him and his brother Gipper appeared on that. I honestly forgot about that until yeah. you just brought that I mean, up. He, him and his brother Gipper appeared on that. He didn't win the season, yeah. you know, and and he had to grind it. You, you look back at his swing from then, it's a lot longer than it is now because he's been able to find a way to hit the ball as far as he does by taking as short of a swing as he does. He's able to control it better than yeah. when he takes that full swing. And kind of like John Rahm doesn't really go all the way back either. They still are able to generate enough power where they're one of the more, you know, they're one of the furthest guys out there in terms of distance on the PGA Tour. He's just figured out his way and been able to grind his way. And stories like that, if you are a defender of live. Stories like that don't exist mm -hmm. because they have their 48 that they're going to keep, and these are our selection guys, and they don't 
I guess you have a feeder tour with the relationship with the Asian tour. It just doesn't the, – the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me in terms of what do you do about a guy like this because this is one of golf's superstars currently, and he is a great ambassador for the game of golf. And you start to see some more names trickle in about Liv, and we're going we're gonna to have this week by week because there's going to be enough people that sell out, and I have no problem using that phrase, sell out, because that's how I feel about the guys who are jumping ship right now at this point. I don't see a amicable way that they both of these tours work together in the short term. I think in the long term, there might be a way, but in the short term, they're sellouts. That's strictly how I feel about it, and you add a couple more names, maybe none bigger than Henrik Stenson, who was supposed to be the captain of the Ryder Cup team. We talk about Tony Finau and the pride that he's taken playing for the United States. Henrik Stenson, a guy who's played for Europe a number of times, has a very rare opportunity in the game of golf to be a captain of Team Europe. And he's going to live, and he strips himself of that. And it's not like he didn't know. It was very obvious what was going to happen. He decided... Yeah, they made that very clear. He, he decided to take that captaincy after Phil made his comments, and it looked like, you know, a lot of people uh, at PGA Tour headquarters, from my understanding, were kind of doing a victory dance because they thought that Phil putting his foot in his mouth in the comments that he made to Alan Shipnuck that later came out in the Alan Shipnuck biography of Phil that came, that came out earlier this year, that... Okay, look, Phil just killed this thing by himself, and no, they've just plowed right through. They've got their third event coming up this weekend, so Stenson decided, oh, I guess I I said I'd do this thing, but I'm going to go take the money instead. And it's it's unfortunate because his his golf game, like, he's... Golf-wise, he's not representing anything on that tour. He's not making that tour better. He's just making the Ryder Cup worse by making that decision. That's, That's said so well. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not an addition there. He, he would have been an addition. It would have been fun to see him be a Ryder Cup captain. But he decided to make that decision. And, and I see Sergio Garcia saying out there, oh, it's so sad what they decided to do to, you know, to Henrik by taking that away. Man, Henrik did that to himself. Yeah. Henrik had the decision. He 100%. knew it was on the line. And he decided to make that decision. I don't feel bad for Henrik Stenson because Henrik knew what his choice would ultimately lead to. Same thing with Sergio, by the way. Because Sergio Garcia, uh, after saying he was going to um, you know, denounce his DP World Tour membership, now coming out and saying, oh, well, I, I do want to play the Ryder Cups, though, so I'm going to kind of hang on to that, and I'll play as many events as I need to if I can, because I still want to be able to play the Ryder Man, you knew. Yeah, you, you, can't, knew. you can't eat your cake and have it, too. It just doesn't work like that. No, you, you knew what this was. And, and plus, even in the short term, because I don't know how many Ryder Cups Sergio has left, by the way, because Sergio is 40s, in his 40s, and I know John Rahm went to bat for him saying he wants Sergio because they, they played so well off of each other last year at Whistling Straits, and, yeah. and he wants his countrymen there in the Ryder Cup. But Sergio made his decision, and I don't even know what it would look like if they were to come somehow before next year. And it have to be before the season because you can't halfway through the season be like, oh, retroactively we're going to be giving Ryder Cup points to these guys on the Live Tour. So sometime in the next four or five weeks, they're not going to come to an agreement on how Live Tour guys are going to be afforded Ryder Cup points. I, I don't even know what how, we, how you would do that because you're not even playing against the best players in the world at Live. Isn't the irony of it all, though? Team Europe, what have they had against Team USA for the last couple of Ryder Cups? Camaraderie. Mm-hmm. They have had the camaraderie that U.S. has been searching for. They found it at Whistling Straits. But now, Sergio wants to play on the same team as Rory. How do you think that would work out? <laughs> it's, 
like it, it, we talk about fracturing the game of golf. Mm-hmm. Talk about fracturing the Ryder Cup well, teams right now. I'm not worried about the guys that aren't on Team USA because Team USA is so, so strong with how many young, talented guys that could come in and, and find success. But Team Europe, you look at that roster that they sent to Whistling Straits, a lot of old guys, a lot of live guys. And I, I would be worried if you're a fan of Team Europe in the Ryder Cup. What Liv is doing is it's taking things I like and making them actively worse. Charles Barkley. I really like inside the NBA. If he decides to go there, he's not going to be working for TNT and Liv Golf. He's going to do one or the other. And if he goes for the money, he goes for the money. But now they're just actively making things worse without really making themselves better. David Faraday doesn't really make them better, right? No, like, I, not at, it's, I'm not watching for David Faraday. He's no. a nice addition to a broadcast, but I'm not seeking out content for David Faraday. I would watch Charles Barkley, and I think that that's also might be a little bit of a leverage play from Barkley. I, I would hope for so. Maybe a new deal with Turner. I don't know anything about that, but it seems like the type of thing that can stir the pot a little bit. He is a media mogul. Oh like, yeah, he is a smart guy. He is wanted. Everybody respects him. They want to listen to him. Every time he has a microphone in front of him, most people are listening. Yeah. And he I, know, he, I think he knows what he's doing. I hope so. Because it, it would just stink if, if inside the – because the inside the NBA is – it's Ernie Johnson just directing this train wreck of a show. Yeah. But, but it's orchestrated beautifully. It's fantastic. I really love it's it. Beautiful chaos. Um, what I also love – is Abbey Springs. We had an opportunity to last week go down and play Abbey Springs, uh, which is in the Lake Geneva area. It's a golf course that I hadn't really ever heard of, and yet I came away pleasantly surprised. We'll break that course down next after I tell you about a different golf course that we were out at last week as well, and that is the Bog, host of the ESPN Milwaukee Open. It was a fantastic ESPN Milwaukee Open last week. Tremendous weather. Course is in excellent shape. It is a challenging but playable layout. If you haven't gone up to the Bog in Sockville, you can check out their website, golfthebog.com. It's rated in the top five of Palmer courses in the United States. That's right, an Arnold Palmer design course just about a half hour outside of Milwaukee, just jump up on 43. You can get up there. Great practice facility up there as well. And uh, you can check it out. Golfthebog.com to book your tee time today. Our review of Abbey Springs next on the tee. It's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. We got so excited talking about Liv. It just gets us so riled up. We forgot to make our Gruber losses. One call, that's all. Picks for the week as they are still in the Midwest on the PGA Tour and head over to Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, a little bit better field than we just had at the 3M. You're going to see names like Will Zalatoris, names like Cam Young, guys looking for that first career win. Of course, Ricky Fowler trying to play to keep his PGA Tour card. Who knows if he wants to keep his PGA Tour <laughs> card. Uh, but it's a much better field this week in Detroit than what we had last week in the Twin Cities. It's actually a fascinating golf course. I was reading about it a little bit. It has one of the lowest elevation changes of any golf course on the PGA Tour. And this is a, uh, I'm ripping this paragraph from the PGA Tour article. The highest point at Augusta National is 318 feet. Lowest point is 170 feet. That's a change of 148 feet of elevation drop. The elevation change at Detroit Golf Club, where Rocket Mortgage is, 
it's 43 feet. <laughs> I mean, that's so a pretty flat like, golf course. We're talking about a flat golf course. So I am, I like Max Homa as my Gruber Law Office's one call, that's all pick. I think that he is, uh, he's coming off of a little bit of a break. Um, he needs to find a little bit of success. He's kind of. He's kind of been a little I, I think bit off needs... after a couple of a really good start to the season. I could see him coming back with a late win here to get up in the FedEx Cup. He needs to start building some momentum. Yeah. You know, because uh, I think he's going to be on the President's Cup. Uh, he earned a spot on the President's Cup. Play hasn't been as sharp uh, as of late, but I think, I mean, he's going to be on the Friend on the of team. show. Yeah, friend of show, Max Homa. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the guy who finished runner-up. At the Open, I think Cam Young is probably going to be the Rookie of the Year. I think he picks up his first victory. Flat golf course, ball's going to roll for a while. It's been warm in the Midwest. It's been relatively dry outside of the torrential rain that we just had recently in the Midwest. I think the course is going to be relatively firm and fast. I, uh, and I, I think he's going to be able to bomb it. Still can't believe he eagled 18. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, at St. Andrews. I can't Shot believe 65, that. eagled 18. <laughs> Finished second. Oh, wow. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, quickly, before we get to our golf course review as well, a uh, shout-out to uh, a buddy of ours, Mike Belowski from the uh, Mac Fund. Yeah. Medalist honors today in a state open qualifier at Tuckaway. Big time. Belo. Yeah, one under Love par. It. So shout-out to, shout to Belo. And now we move on to our course review, courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. I'm really excited to talk about this golf course. And big shout-out to Abby Springs, their assistant pro, Ryan, down there, who reached out to me, set up a tee time for us. I, I was unaware of this golf course. Uh, I was aware of some of the other golf courses in the area down in Lake Geneva. This was one I wasn't that aware of. And they just have recently redone their greens. They redid, uh, redid their bunkering. If you go to their website, just Google Abbey Springs, they've got some great drone footage of what the green complexes used to look like and what they look like now. It was an incredibly fun golf course to play. Yeah. I'm so glad we got the opportunity to go down there. I had no idea what to expect. No idea. I've played a, a lot of Lake Geneva courses. You expect a lot of water. You expect some woods. Um, not many linksy courses down in Lake Geneva. I was not expecting the elevation change, the fun differences between every single hole, the drivable par fours. I mean, when I can talk about drivable par fours, <laughs> it's a really fun golf course. Um, and we played it in some tough conditions. Ooh. We were tested out there, and we still had a lot of fun. The course record at Abbey is definitely safe. Um, you know, they're going through some new greens and, and work, you know, renovated a lot of the course. But from a course design layout, like, excitement between holes man that was that you talk about hidden gems in this state abby springs the hidden gem so it was about 20 mile an hour winds that we played in sure and was. that that made it a little bit tougher to play and you're just kind of going up and down and around and, and you're right by lake geneva the actual body of water not the city itself but you're uh, around lake geneva and you can see it on a couple of holes I, I think my favorite hole was 17 you're talking about drivable par fours yeah it is a drivable par fours become really good to me when 
you have to think your way through the shot. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to bomb it up yeah, there and hope for the it. best, you yeah. know? And But it's still a shot that you can pull off. One of the most drive, famous drivable, and I put that in quotes, par fours on the PGA Tour is 10th at Riviera. Yep. That they play. But it's not really a drivable par four. You're not driving it up there and holding a drive on the green. It's protected by bunkers in the front. You have to hit it to the left, and then you're hoping to be able to pitch up to make your birdie. Or like JT, you just lay up and hit a full wedge in so you have a little bit more spin. This shot, you can pull off. And if you do, it's a great shot. There's pond on the left. There's a big bunker on the right that you got up and down from for your birdie. Yeah. You know, so and it's massively downhill. It is a giant Massive drop off. Massive is not the right edge. <laughs> it is absurdly downhill. Like I can't. We took a picture um, with the guys that we we played with. Um, one of the guys we played with, Brady, he's like six four, six five. So he's big, and he's able to take the selfie of the four of us that played. The problem with the picture is it still does not do the elevation change. Justice, just how big of a drop off it is after you hit that tee shot. It's it, you have to think. Okay, where do I want to leave it? Where do I want to miss? Where can I make birdie? It's uh, it's a great golf hole. It's one of those courses where I felt like I used every club in my bag. And oh yeah, and if you if you don't have driver, it's not a very long course. You can totally. You probably shouldn't hit driver. There, <laughs> there are a lot, lot of holes. holes. Yeah, um, you can work your way creatively around that golf course by hitting iron or hitting comfortable woods um, because you can get into a lot of trouble really quick because it's tree-lined on pretty much every hole. Um, And if you're you're punching out off the tee, like I did a lot of that day, you can can see some numbers get high pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. And look, the greens weren't in perfect shape. You know, if you go down there this year, you're going to go through. It's a. It's like if you go play a new course. The greens have to be longer right now because they're growing in. They yeah. have to let the greens mature before they can get them down to even speeds you're, you're probably used to at your local municipal course before you even start talking about speeds at uh, private golf courses. So, But you can see it. Right? I see the potential, and I honestly, I want to go back there this fall because of how tree-lined it is, I want to see the fall foliage and how like just breathtaking some of the shots are going to be, even though like I know how good they are now and how good it would look with some of those leaf change colors. Yeah, and the elevation, too, yeah. with oh, foliage. Fantastic. I mean, you got some great views of Lake Geneva on a couple of those holes as well. And then I'm really excited to go back next year and the year after just to see how those greens continue yeah. to mature and that golf course is just going to get better and better. You, you need to go down and check it out if you haven't. Yeah, because there, there were a lot of greens where you could tell the undulation is there. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't rolling to it because, you know, they're a little hairy right now. They're trying to grow them out. <laughs> Putting uphill was a challenge because um, they were slow to begin you, with. You could see based on where they want to put pins. Yes. They could they could make it really hard. And, you know, I hope they – start to host some some more events down oh, there. I th- there's no um, reason to think they well, you, even though you mentioned it's a little bit of a shorter course, uh, even if you play it from the back tees, it's challenging. Like oh, yeah, y- yeah. you have to hit really good shots. It's not as if you get high competition down there, you're just going to be able to bomb driver everywhere because that's going to get you in trouble and you're not going to score well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I love how it makes you think. It makes you play a different type of game than you would on a lot of courses in this state that are taking trees out, and you can be you can afford to spray it a little bit more. It makes you really plot around the golf course, um, and those are my favorite kind of courses where you feel like you have to use almost every club in your bag, and you feel like you have to hit untraditional golf shots to find success, and that's what I felt about Abbey Springs. 
Yeah. What was your favorite hole? 17. I, I, I think that one is really the one that I walked onto the tee box and I went, well, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is different. This is cool. Um, and I birdied it too, so that was fun. That, that you know, that always helps. But like, you make I, the birdie seriously, on the like hole. I, I'm not. I say it on the show every week. I'm not a long hitter, so like when I when I get onto a tee box, I'm not often thinking about like my like how close I can be to the green. I'm yeah. thinking about like if I put it there, I'm 140 out or I'm 160 out. You know, I'm like longest 275 off the tee. When I could look downhill and be like, I think I could rip three wood down there <laughs> if I catch one. Oh, especially if it gets dry, it, you're going to catch. I mean, you want to land but, it in the right spot to try to get the right run out. It's you, you have to think your way but, through. It's but tremendous. You, but if you miss it, you're ob. Oh yeah. And if you miss it left, you're wet. You're wet. And and yeah, I just it's it's one of those like um, types of courses that dares you to hit shots. And it, it, if you pull, if you execute them, yeah, it's, it's a, great. It's a fun day of golf. If you don't, you're in the nineties. <laughs> But that's, it's a great risk-reward golf course. Again, I don't think we can recommend going down there enough. Big shout-out again to Ryan and the yeah. staff at Abbey Springs for having us down there last week. It was a blast, and I cannot wait to go back there and play it once again. That'll do it for this edition. We're getting closer and closer to those FedEx Cup playoffs. We're getting closer and closer to the beginning of the football season, which I know for a lot of people they think, oh, it means the end of golf season. No, still plenty of great golf to be played, so get out there, tee it up yourself, and maybe you want to tee it up at a place like, oh, I don't know, Fairways of Woodside. Fairways of Woodside is a tremendous golf course, one of my favorites to play in the state of Wisconsin. Not just because of the layout, because of the staff and what Rob and the team have done there. It is a great atmosphere. That's what separates fairways of Woodside. They're going to make sure you have a good time because, well, guess what? Golf is supposed to be fun. Check out their website, fairwaysofwoodside.com. All right, Stephen, enjoy the Brewer game tonight. Yeah. Right here from American Family Field. Be a nice little golf course. <laughs> like they do in San Diego with Yeah, Petco. well, they, they have an X-Golf here now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah you, that's going to be out Brewers there. You can watch game and, and have fun out there. But, I don't know, something makes me want to just go down to the field and hit a 9-iron right now. Uh, right <laughs> Just try to right you know, off the batter's eye. Yeah, just try to just try to drive one out of here to center field. Uh, we appreciate everybody's help out here, and special thanks to Max Meyerson as well. Spain and Fitz coming up next. This has been on the team.